UAE is one of the driest countries on Earth. It has an average rainfall of approximately 100 millimeters per year. To put this in perspective, that's just a tenth of the global average. As a result, it has to get creative in the way it procures water. This is Beyond the Headlines. I'm your host, Willie Lowry, and this week, we're looking at how the UAE harnesses the rain with cloud seeding. The World Health Organization estimates a person needs roughly 20 liters of water a day. That's enough to cook, bathe, clean, and drink. With the UAE's arid desert climate and a population of almost 10 million people, it's impossible to reach that number without intervention. Dr. Dion Terblanche is a consultant in weather and climate at the World Bank. There are two main sources of fresh water in the UAE at this stage. There are actually three. One is groundwater, one is desalination, and the other one is looking at the skies because uh, rainfall is a source of fresh water. That is something the founding father of the UAE, Sheikh Zayed, understood well, as he oversaw the creation and expansion of the Emirates. In February 1982, an American aircraft took to the skies over Abu Dhabi to take part in the UAE's very first cloud seeding mission. In the olden days when Sheikh Zayed, our uh, past father, he, he, he has a vision and he saw cloud seeding as um, a strategic uh, project and he has to. So he ordered uh, the Air Force at that time to start doing the operation. So at that time, they started immediately in the cloud seeding operations. Uh, it was rented aircraft, rented projects, so the whole project was third party. That was Omar al-Yazidi, Director of Research, Development and Training at the National Center for Meteorology. Further experiments were held in the 1990s, and by the turn of the century, the UAE was working with some of the world's biggest institutions that were at the forefront of cloud seeding technology. So we started evaluating, is it beneficial for us or not? Does it really work or not? So you don't want to invest in technology and you are not sure if it has a positive effect. At the same time, uh, we wanted to see that uh, UAE is uh, suitable for cloud seeding. If you have one cloud once a year, then it's not you know, uh, worth it to do all these. So we did a physical study, we did air chemistry study to understand the type of aerosols that we have and also uh, what type of particles that we need to use in order to make sure that we have a successful operation on cloud seeding. So after all these studies uh, and also uh, we, find out, we found out that we have enough clouds all over the year. And even the, our cooperation with uh, NASA and with the uh, NCAR, the National of Atmospheric Research Center in uh, Colorado in USA, so uh, it was a uh, no-brainer to go with the cloud seeding and even the government, yeah, when they real, realized this, uh, they supported the cloud seeding operation. So what is cloud seeding? Although the idea of being able to cause rain by shooting chemicals into the clouds dates back to the end of the 19th century, it was Vincent Schaefer, an American meteorologist and research chemist who stumbled into discovering the science of cloud seeding while working for General Electric Laboratories in 1946. Schaefer, along with a man named Bernard Vonnegut, were studying what causes icing to occur on airplanes. By chance, they stumbled on creating snowstorms. Fast forward over 70 years, and that mishap is helping the UAE to fight for its water security. So basically uh, what we do is we uh, send our aircraft with uh, flares 
These seeding flares uh, consist some materials, basically a mixture of uh, sodium chloride, potassium chloride, similar to the uh, salt used in, in food. And uh, these uh, salts basically attract the uh, moisture and uh, try to uh, make it condense. So it become, these particles becomes uh, nuclei of condensation. And then uh, when these uh, droplets condense, and then they, heat, uh, they hit uh, each other, and then uh, they form a bigger droplet that the air cannot uh, hold it any longer in the air. So uh, it forms as uh, rain. Despite this, there is still much debate as to whether cloud seeding actually works, as there is no way to tell the rain that falls was a direct result of the cloud seeding mission. So has rainfall increased in the UAE? Well, in a short answer, uh, yes, but we need to be 100% sure. So we need a lot of data. The amount of data that we have now, it's not enough to, uh, to evaluate. It's increasing continuously. Although it's difficult to predict exactly how much of an effect cloud seeding has, meteorologists across the world more and more agree that it does work. New technologies are being used to help understand the potential of cloud seeding. Dr. Dion Terblanche explains. So I think the new technologies like, like artificial intelligence, machine learning, combined with better computers, better instruments, and innovative approaches like we see coming out of this program will really lead the way to the future. I think we will be in a stage in a few decades that we have much better control over the weather. We have to because it's one of the biggest threats that we face at this stage. As technology helps us get better results, governments around the world are investing to secure their water futures. The UN predicts that almost half of the world's population may face water stress by the year 2030. In 2015, the government launched the UAE Research Program for Rain Enhancement Science Initiative with a potential $5 million grant for scientists who are working in the field of rain enhancement. Although the UAE invests and spends millions of dirhams in cloud seeding, the world's biggest investor is China. In 2018, China committed to building a network of cloud seeding chambers in the mountains of Tibet to increase the rainfall in the region. The proposed tens of thousands of chambers hope to increase the rainfall over an area of 1.6 million square kilometers. The increase in rainfall is hoped to be as much as 10 billion cubic meters of rainfall a year, equal to 7% of China's water consumption. Beijing's nationwide weather modification budget exceeds $50 million a year. Although the investment is to provide water security in China, it's not an exact science. The results can be varied as we can never know if the seeding directly caused the rain or where the rain will end up. Here is Omar Al-Azidi again. So uh, this science is proven uh, by many scientists and by the expert team in the uh, World Meteorological Organization. Uh, and it's also proven in labs. But until now, there is no way that you can measure the success rate for each individual clouds. There are no two clouds uh, are the same. And uh, you don't know, for example, before actually you see the cloud, is it going to rain by itself or not and by how much? It develops, you know, and then uh, it moves. It moves, of course, but when we see it, usually it rains in the same location, usually. Sometimes it moves a little bit and then if it's in, in its early stages and then it develops and then maybe by that time it, it moved a little bit. This unpredictability has led to misunderstandings of the technology. 
For example, in 2004, five villages in the Henan province of China all seeded clouds simultaneously. When only one district benefited from the results of rainfall, the other villages all accused them of cloud theft. Dr. Dion Terblanche explains how this isn't a concern. What we see uh, from previous results is, is that the clouds that have been treated, they tend to rain more and they tend to rain over a longer period. So actually, even downwind, there might be a benefit uh, to the cloud seeding. The UAE is investing in science that offers hope in a world that is facing an uncertain future in terms of water security. If humans are able to discover ways to control and manipulate our environment, we could fight a lot of the damage that climate change has wrought. An example of this is the work being done in Australia by Daniel Harrison and his team of researchers at the Sydney Institute of Marine Science and Southern Cross University. They're also shooting chemicals into clouds, but for the exact opposite effect of rain. It's called cloud brightening. They're really quite different. Um, I mean, it, it, it's interesting because at, at one level, they're, they're very similar. In, in both cases, you're trying to get uh, additional small particles into clouds, uh, but that's pretty much where the similarity ends, actually. Daniel is trying to reflect the sunlight back into space because he's trying to save the Great Barrier Reef. The idea is to cool the waters around the reef by making clouds reflect more sunlight and potentially prevent up to 70% of coral bleaching. We're doing almost exactly the opposite with cloud brightening. We're trying to, we're, we're targeting a different type of cloud to start with, and we're trying to increase the background uh, cloud condensation nuclei in that whole area so that when the clouds do form, um, they're a little bit different. They form with uh, smaller droplets rather than larger droplets, and, and that way they reflect more sunlight back into space. Coral bleaching occurs due to stress from changes in temperature and light. He hopes to reverse this process. If we can get 10 watts per meter squared forcing, uh, reduce the solar irradiance uh, on an average of 10 watts per meter squared, uh, you know, over a couple of months in the summer, then our modeling shows that that would make a huge difference. And, and if we also meet the Paris climate targets, that might be enough to see the reef through to the other side, basically, uh, rather than lose it. Some experts believe the impact of losing the Great Barrier Reef will reverberate all the way up the food chain, eventually affecting people's livelihoods, food security, and potentially threatening political instability. Could this project offer a greater solution to cooling down the Earth? Not saying it's impossible, but at the moment, you know, even scaling it up large enough to help the Great Barrier Reef, which is, you know, even though it's quite large, it's still a very, very small fraction of the Earth's surface. You know, it's not clear that that engineering-wise, you you could scale this up to make a difference on a on a global scale. Um, we're hopeful that it will be possible, and it, it, you know, so far it does look like it will be possible to scale it up to make a difference on the scale of the Great Barrier Reef. But it's another whole couple of orders of magnitude again to go up to to make a global difference. The potential of humans to control our environment has been vast. Mixed with other efforts to rein in climate control, harnessing the clouds could offer huge rewards. This is Beyond the Headlines. I've been your host, Willie Lowry. We were produced this week by Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan. If you like the podcast, please hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcasting app. And we'd love to hear from you, so please do leave us a review.